0: What up, what up, what up? What's going on, everybody? I'm Dom Lewis, and welcome into the Philly Sports 444 Podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you guys for your support, for following me, for listening, everything. Thank you, guys. And I wish wish that today was a happier occasion. Let me start out by saying that. I wish today was a a joyous occasion. I, I wish that we were talking more about you know, getting to the next round of the playoffs. And I wish we were talking about an amazing win last night versus the Toronto Raptors in the game seven. I wish we were talking about an amazing performance by Joel Embiid. I wish we were talking about a clutch shot by Jimmy Butler. I wish we were talking about Ben Simmons finally coming into form and playing some hard-nosed aggressive basketball. I wish we were talking about a couple of big shots by JJ Redick and Tobias Harris, I wish we were talking about this thing today. I wish we were talking about the Eastern Conference Finals. The 76ers versus the Milwaukee Bucks. I wish we were talking about Joel Embiid versus Giannis. I wish we were talking about this thing today. I wish we were talking about the possibility of going to the NBA Finals. I wish we were talking about just advancing, surviving and advancing. But unfortunately, today we're going to talk about heartbreak and we're going to talk about the heartbreak that we're all feeling right now, that most of us are feeling right now. And uh, however you, however you've been dealing with it, I'll say that. Um, I know for me personally, um, I'm, I'm down, I'm down, I'm, I'm crushed. That was the words I used last night. So let me just go back. To start off, the Sixers lost a, a a Game 7 versus the Toronto Raptors. And uh, I'm not going to say was uh, they didn't lose like significantly or anything like that. They lost on a, a buzzer beater. Kawhi Leonard, great player, hit a tough shot, and he lost the game. And we'll get into all of it. But just the way that that went down, I think the, the most fitting word for that is is crushing. Because you're not, you know, if you're a rational fan, and I like to think of myself as a rational fan, you're not mad that the shot went in. I mean, you're mad that it went in because you lost, but you're not, you can't be mad that that shot went in. You can't be mad at how Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons defended the shot. You can't be mad that Kawhi even hit the shot. You can't be mad at, um, that it came down to that because, the Sixers had so many opportunities to lose that game before that, and they didn't. They actually came back and tied that game up. So you you can't even be mad at that. Like, I mean, you, the shot goes down, and nine times out of ten, he he won't make that shot. Nine times out of ten, no one makes that shot. The amount, of, it, it, everything about the shot was just absolutely amazing. How high he got the ball to go over Joel Embiid's fingers to the four bounces it took to even get into the rim. Um, so you can't be mad about that, but you can be crushed. You can be crushed. And that's what I am today. That's what I am since it happened. Um, you know, I was in my car cause I couldn't, I had this weird thing in like, t- like like crucial game situations where I don't want to be around anybody. I just need to be by myself. So, I was actually driving down from my grandmom's house to um, my lady Brittany, her grandparents' house. So I was driving down, actually parked in front of her house because it was like the last five minutes of the game. So I was in the car listening to it, and you know, I listened to I listened to the Sixers. You know how they had those three straight possessions where they didn't get any points, and you know, shot clock violations. I listened to Kawhi, you know, scoring. Down the down the stretch and down the you know toward the end of the game and hitting free throws and hitting big shots and I listened to all of that I listened to it and I listened to that last second shot and just I was crushed man crushed um that's the only way I can put it because you know you that shot like I said it doesn't go in nine times out of ten. And I'm waiting for it to bounce off the rim so we can go to overtime. We're going to get five more minutes and we're going to see who's going to really, really, you know, win this thing. Who's going to really, who's going to really go to the Eastern Conference final? Who is the better team here? And last night, I feel like the better player won, not the better team. And for that, I'm crushed. Because I know that the Sixers were the better team. I know that. But the only thing Toronto has over the Sixers... They have the better player, the more seasoned veteran player, the better player, overall, better player. The coach isn't better. The the bench isn't better. The players, the starting five is definitely not better. And I'm just crushed by it. I'm, I'm crushed because the better team didn't win last night. The better player did. He had a tough shot. And sometimes like, you know. The ball bounces in your favor. Sometimes it doesn't. I mean, if I didn't learn that from anything, I learned that with the Philadelphia Eagles. So, we're going to talk about all of it. um, Because I'm going to ramble on about it right now. I'm, I'm going heavy sixers today. I'm probably not going to talk anything. I'm probably going to briefly mention the Phillies and the Eagles. But I'm not going to talk. I'm talking heavy sixers today. So, I'm crushed, guys. I'm crushed. And I'm here to talk about it. Get the feelings out. And, you know, hopefully someone out there is listening can agree with how I feel. And, you know, I welcome all responses, tweets and everything about this podcast or about this episode of the podcast. I got a couple questions I'm going to read off. Um, Thanks to my sister for for chiming in. I'm going to read off some of her questions that she had about the Sixers, uh, even before Game 7 happened. So I'll talk about those. I'll address those points and... Yeah, we'll talk about the sexes going forward. And yeah, I'm just here to... I'm here to, you know, work through the pain. That's the only thing that we can do at this point. I think we all have our ways of getting through the pain. And this is my way of doing it. I don't call radio or anything like that. I can just record and I can just get the feelings out. Um, And there's no disrespect to anyone who, you know, tweets or... Because I do, I tweet and I, you know, listen to the radio and all of that. I just don't call, but anyone who calls out you know more power to you but that's just not my forte I rather do this and tweet about it and talk in group chats and everything so I'll talk about everything that I've been experiencing over the last 24 hours since it all happened we'll go through the whole series we'll talk about the roller coaster ride that was we'll talk about the game seven we'll talk about the sixers going forward they have some extra interviews that happened today we'll talk about Brett Browning Brett Brown excuse me, Brett Brown returning. For next season, because the word is officially out. And we'll just talk, you know, we'll just talk Sixers going forward and um, where can we go from here. All right. So stay tuned. Buckle your seatbelt. Thank you guys for tuning in. I'll be taking a short break. I'll be back in a moment. And again, yeah, we're going to get into this thing because we need to. This is Dom Lewis here with the Philly Sports 444 podcast. welcome back everybody to the philly sports 4 for 4 podcast i'm your host dom lewis and before i get into everything um if you're not following us on social media please do it's at 444podcast, four four podcasts, F-O-U-R-F-O-R, the number four podcast. And we're available on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So follow us. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Anchor, basically anywhere you get your podcast, you can subscribe. So please give us a uh, you know, a like, a follow, a subscription, all of that stuff. We appreciate it. So thank you guys. Um So this series, this, you know, Sixers Raptors series was definitely a roller coaster ride. Um, And that's that's putting it lightly. It was a it was a it was a ride. It was a very up and down. um, I ain't going to say I'm not going to say torturous. It's it's not torturous, but it was a it was a ride. It was a ride. It was fun at times. It was really it sucked at times. But it was it was a ride, and I'm I'm thankful for the ride. I, I, I'll say that you know it may sound weird, but I'm thankful for because they they took us on a nice ride this 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 postseason. I mean this you know playoff run. Um, it started out the series started out in game one. Sixers got blown out, you know, and then people thought it was over after game one, and I and You know, they come back game two. It was kind of like a a must win because after the performance in game one, if they went down 0-2, it was going to be really bad going back to Philly. So they won game two, a close game. They get back to Philly. Uh, They win big in game three. Joel Embiid has the game, his, the game of the playoffs probably. Um, He has a, a monster game. Windmill dunks in the whole nine. Stars are out in the game, at the game and everything. It was it was a sight to see. Game four comes. Raptors win a close game four in Philly. So we go back to game five, back to Toronto. Sixers get, they get throttled. Um, they're not shooting the ball well. And they just get absolutely throttled in, in, in Toronto. And people thought it was over after that. Um, Sixers showed up game six. And I it's weird because I, you know... Shout out to my, my brethren from 215 Sports, Earn and Rel. Um I texted him in a group chat, and I told him before game six, I said, I got a feeling, man, it's going to seven games. I got a feeling that Sixers are going to show up tonight, they're going to win game six, and then it's going to go to game seven. And that's what happened. I mean, Sixers showed up big in game six, and they ended up throttling the Raptors. I mean, absolutely, they they blew them out. They, they ended up winning the game by 11, but for the most part in that second half, they were up by 20. Um really, really great effort from the Sixers that night. Ben Simmons had had his game of the playoffs. Well, not his game of the playoffs, but his game of the series in that game. That was a game where he uh he wore the shortest shorts and no uh shooting sleeve and no compressors down to his ankles. He just came out there and played ball. Very aggressive, very, very Ben Simmons, very all-star Ben Simmons like. So very, you know, like I said, aggressive, taking the game into his own hands. And, you know, it's been said, you know, shout out to Devon Givens. He was the first person I heard say it. But I heard the Joel B. say today in his his exit interview or exit press conference, aggressive Ben Simmons is the best Ben Simmons. And that he was exactly that in game six. So they forced to game seven. And I predicted that the Sixers would win the game 89-84. And the Sixers didn't win, of course. But, you know, I my mindset was right that it would be a close game and it would be a low, lower-scoring game. I didn't think either team would shoot well. I said it on 2 and 5 Sports. Because I don't think either team is going to shoot well tonight. I think it's just going to come down to, at the end of the game, it's going to have to be Joel Embiid. And it sucks because... The Sixers were up by five in that fourth quarter. And they allowed, they allowed, they they turned the ball over. They allowed Toronto to score some points. They allowed Toronto to get some offensive rebounds. Allowed Toronto to get second chance points and loose balls. And Toronto out-hustled them. Probably in that last seven minutes of that fourth quarter, Toronto really out-hustled the Sixers. And they played some aggressive defense. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make an excuse for the Sixers, but I think they showed their youth. They showed, or rather, Toronto showed what a veteran team looks like that's ready for that moment. Because Kawhi Leonard's been in that moment before. I mean, you know, he's already won a championship and he's been an MVP of the Finals. Um, Serge Ibaka has played in some high stakes games in the playoffs. And I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he went to the finals with the with OKC. Yeah, he did. He went to the finals with OKC. So he knows high-stakes moments like that. Um, Marcus Saw has been in playoff battles before. So those guys were ready. Those guys were ready for that moment, and they showed that they were ready for it. And they may have not taken a lot of shots offensively. They might have just deferred to Kawhi. But they really, they really defensively they were locked in and they were ready for that moment. And I also have to give the Sixers a lot of credit because when the Toronto was about to just pull away from the game, the Sixers actually didn't allow that to happen. They got to the free-throw line. Uh, J.J. Reddick hit a big shot. Got to the free-throw line. Also, uh, Dream Butler gets a steal on a, on an inbound pass and ties the game up at 90 with four seconds left. And you think, okay, all they got to do is hold him here. And that's what I'm saying in the car like, All they got to do is hold him here. Just got to hold him. Just got to hold him here. And then... Inbound the ball to Kawhi. Everyone knows Kawhi is taking that shot. In my mind, I was just saying Kawhi just can't get the easy shot. If he, if he can get the contested shot, I live with that. And, that, and they contested the shot. They they really did. I mean, he shot a long two from the corner. Um, I heard the ball. From what I heard, the ball went eighteen feet in the air. And think about it. The rim, you know, the court is ten feet. So the ball went 18 feet in the air, so he can get the ball over Joel Embiid's fingertips, past his head, all of that stuff. In the moment, like just seeing them pause in that moment, it was like an unreal thing, you know. It was like, and the ball took forever to go through the rim. It did bouncing, it bouncing, it bouncing, it bouncing, and, and it finally went in. And I heard Tom McGinnis on the call rimming out, rimming out. Well, he said rimming, rimming, rimming. Oh, and it's in the ten. And it's just like yo, whenever like Tommy inner says rimming, you think it's gonna rim out, whatever it's not gonna go in. And just hearing it on the radio, I was like crushed. That's 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 the only thing I could. Welcome back everybody to the Foot Sports 444 podcast. I'm your host, Dom Lewis. Thank you guys for tuning in. So we talked about the game. We talked about the series, actually. Um, and now let's talk about the series going forward. So season ended last night, and it's like we're not ready. For the, and, and, and you know, we saw Joel be crying, getting off the court. We saw, you know, Reddick crying. And the team really took it hard last night, as they should have. It's tough, man. It's tough. You know, and people – I just want to say this. You know, I saw a couple people address Joel and be crying, and they said he shouldn't be crying out in the public like that. And, dude, I get it. I get, like, you know, we men and, you know, this whole thing, this whole macho thing and everything. Man, that's just the game. Like, I saw Allen Iverson cry so many times after losing playoff games, playoff series. I saw him cry so much. Lost to like the Indiana Pacers, and you know, losing the finals to the Lakers, and I saw him cry so much on the on the bench, you know, in the tunnel. I saw him cry so much. Um, I saw and not even just you know Sixers or you know any sport. I've seen you know people in the league just just downright cry after like heartbreaking losses. Just be crushed. Like, don't got no time to go back to the locker room and cry. I'm going to cry right here. Like, I can't console myself. And I get it. I've never played sports on that kind of level. But, like, man, like, yo, I got to cut these a break. Like, I cannot get on them about their crying and how they looked when they cried. And that's just raw emotion. That's raw emotion. That's, like, that's really the heat of the moment. Heated a battle. Just like if you celebrate, you know, and you have this outright celebration, outlandish celebration. Same thing happens when you get defeated. It's the the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. It's, just, it's in the same thing. So, and I think the picture that I have that's going to be posted as the, uh, the, the photo for this episode of the pod. It captures the moment perfectly, in my opinion. You see the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat. You see all the Toronto people cheering. You see Joel be walking off the court in pure disgust and disappointment and shock and all of it. You see it right there. The picture captures the moment perfectly. So I just I really just think people got to chill on that. Like I, I I, would never I'm just not going to get on people about how they handle their own emotions over such a thing that they put their whole blood, sweat, and tears in. You just you can't tell anybody how to act. You can't tell anybody how to cry. You can't tell anybody how to, you know, how to console themselves. You just can't. And I get it. Like he, you know, people think it was like over the top with it, you know, because he's crying on Marcus' shoulder. Marcus saw actually welcomed that. Y'all know that. Y'all know that. Marcus saw actually tried to he consoled him last night y'all know that like willingly he sought him out after the game to give him props and talk to him it wasn't the other way around he didn't see how Marcus saw him try to cry on his shoulder Marcus saw could have been celebrating like they won the Eastern Conference semifinals Going to these conference finals now, but no, he didn't even he he didn't even celebrate in that moment. Like he probably celebrated when he got to the locker room, but in that moment, immediately after, I think that I think I give credit to Marcus All for doing that. I, that's big. That was big. So I'm not going to tell anybody how to handle their emotions. I mean, and no one, all this grief about. Joe be crying and his girlfriend can so listen, man, that dude, he had experienced a crushing loss at that point. No matter what you want to say about his health, no matter what you want to say about how well you thought he should have played versus how well he did play, no matter what you say, in that moment, for him to put out everything he had, as much as he could, into that series, into that game, and to come out on that end, the losing end, the way he did, the way he came out on the losing end. I'm not going to judge anybody for that. So, not going to judge him. Not going to judge JJ. None of that. Like, that was crushing. And however, he wanted to handle it, he handled it. So, people got to get over it spent enough time on that, I spent enough, I didn't even plan to go into that, but I just thought it was ridiculous, you know, people, you know, getting on Joel Embiid about the way he cried, let's not be, like, Joe, you know, Joel Embiid's 24 years old, you know that, right, you know that he's really not, he, he's, like, just becoming a full adult, you know that, right, like, he's really not, like, come on, I'm 30, I'll be 32 next week, like, he's not even, well, when I was 24, there were so many things I didn't know, I was just getting out of college at 24, so, John, like, Joel B, technically, is still a college kid, I, I, all right, I'm getting off of this, because it's, 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 I just think it's ridiculous, but, um, anyway, six is going forward, so, um, they had some of them had their, uh, exit and inter- well, they had their exit interviews today and they had their, um, end of the year, like press conferences today, uh, the players did any anyway. So Joel B spoke, Jimmy Butler spoke, Ben Simmons spoke this afternoon, JJ Reddick spoke this morning. Uh, my, I, heard, I saw a clip of Mike Scott speaking. Um, so the key thing that took away from that, um, Jimmy Butler, Well, first, J.J. Reddick. J.J. Reddick talked about, you know, the possibility of re-signing next year with the Sixers. And he has to weigh his options, as he should. And he talked about, you know, just being comfortable. And he he does like playing for Philadelphia. But he has to see, which is fair. Jimmy Butler kind of alluded to the same thing as far as, like, you know, he has to see how things go and talk it over with his team. And, you know, he talked about the match contract thing. And... I think that the Sixers will offer him that. I just think that I don't know, it really comes down to what Jimmy wants at the end of the day. What is what does he want? Where, where does he what does he want to be? You know what I mean? It, it depends. Uh and B, he talked about, you know, having to take care of better hair of his body. You know, don't put any of the blame on Brett Brown, put the blame all on him. And he talked about the possi- you know, playing with Jimmy and he wants the Sixers to do the right thing so he really really went to bat for Jimmy Butler and I didn't see much of what Ben Simmons had to say I know that there were some questions about uh, Ben Simmons and his jumper and that kind of thing and the person who asked the question who showered and rain nameless on my podcast um, I don't like the guy so and he, he, he really kind of dug into Ben Simmons about the whole jumper thing and I get it like people are frustrated with Ben Simmons because he needs to develop a jumper and he should he absolutely should and I think the team is only going to go so far based off of his development. It's not even, a, to me, people say it's Brett Brown and stuff like that. I think it's really, it comes down to the development of Ben Simmons and the health of Joel Embiid. It comes down to those two. It really does. And yeah, I want I want Jimmy back. I, I I've been tweeting it for a minute. Like, give Jimmy the max. Give him the max. Give him what he wants. Whatever. But I just I want I want people to understand and know that this team is going to go as far as the development of Ben Simmons and the health of Joel Embiid. It's just what it comes down to. So Ben Simmons, it's imperative that he actually not just develop a jumper because that's easy to see. Easy to see is the jumper, but more so, if you're going to be a point guard in this league to develop actual point guard skills like the elite point guards have. Making better decisions with the basketball. Not just being a one-trick pony because you're so good in transition. But actually making the smart... the smart basketball play in a half-court set. And I think that's... that's the biggest thing right now. I mean, he has to really develop, he has developed a lot of his game, like, not even just, it's really not just a jumper, and I I, I know people are going to go to that because he doesn't shoot jumpers, I get that I don't want Ben, I don't even want Ben to be shooting threes, I just want him shooting the elbow jumper baseline jumper that's all I want make someone know that you're going to shoot it like, let them, they have to respect you because you're like, you know what, he's going to shoot this ball if, if, I, if I back off of him that's all I want out of him, but I also want him to make the 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 smart basketball plays when it comes to being the point guard of this team. If you're going to be the point guard, if you're not going to be a fourth, if you're going to be a point guard, you need to make point guard plays because my cohort, Ernest Drummond, shout to Two and Five Sports, and my cohort, Terrell Willis, shout to Two and Five Sports. Those guys are always saying that Ben Simmons is not a point guard, and I'm kind of inclined to agree with them at this juncture. Only because I feel like the vent that Ben Simmons hasn't developed completely into a point guard yet. He played forward in high school. He played forward in college. He's great because he's great in transition. And he can be aggressive. He can get to the rack anytime he wants to. But he's developed into an actual point guard and running half court sets, making smart basketball plays, shooting a jumper when you need to shoot the jumper. Giving your team, putting another dimension to your game, so that teams respect you even more. Becoming an all a, a more well-rounded, all complete player. He has to do that. It's imperative. And he is he's the key. He is the key. I I think now Joel Embiid, his game is he's already really good. He has to, with and Beat, you know, people have been saying that, you know, you got to lose weight and something like that. Yeah, lose a few pounds, get your wind up, stay healthy, though. Stay healthy. I don't know what you do about the knee thing, but you got to stay healthy. You got to get on a plan where you can actually stay healthy and actually, um, how I want to say this? be available for these games like okay sit out back to backs I get that I get why people respect because that's just a league now but I don't need you sitting out nine straight games or I don't need that you got to figure out how to stay healthy and actually be available that's what I want to say so they still got to figure that out and I really hope I really, really hope I have to believe it, but I really, really hope that those guys are in the gym nonstop this summer. I get it; it's the summer you go on vacation, you're gonna to go to all that stuff, but you got to be working on your game. Ben has got to be in the gym. Ben has got to stay out of the limelight, you know. And I get it; you're a young man, got a lot of money, you know. You dating a a, a Kardashian whatever just do, just just go to work man like someone made the reference earlier like I, I don't know what else i guess i listened to the radio um they referenced kobe bryant and it was like you know after kobe bryant hit those air balls or after you you know shot those air balls when he was a rookie against the utah jazz he pulled himself out of the space jam movie i didn't even know he was in space Jam or whatever he pulled himself out of some movie, and he pulled himself out, and uh, he just stayed in the gym all summer, and he worked, and I'm just like, you know what, I get it, like, sometimes it's just in you, sometimes it's in you, and sometimes it's not in you, but those guys got to get that dog in them, I've seen it in them before, though, that's the thing, like, I don't think it's not in them, I, I've seen it in them before, like, I they have to just get the will, like the actual just will, like, you know what? I'm a am going to go to work today. I'm just going to go to work. I'm going to go to work for this amount of time. I'm going to work on this today. I'm going to work on that today. And just continuously refine their game. Just continuously work at it. Repetition. Ben Simmons said it today when someone asked him about his jumper. He said, I just got to get more reps. Shoot more, shoot more, shoot more. Repetition, repetition. But he also needs to fix his shot. It's not just about repetition. It's about Fixing the form a little bit. So that you can shoot it. Nonetheless, go to work. That's all I care about. Go to work. Don't care how you do it. I just want you to do it. So. This team only goes as far as those two will take us. As far as Jimmy. I hope they do the right thing. Tobias Harris. I'm indifferent on him. I'm not necessarily. I don't think we have to keep him. I mean, he would be a nice piece here. He really would. Um, And I think that a starting five with the starting five we had this year and Brett Brown having an entire season of work with those guys, I think it would be uh, very beneficial. At the same time, um, I'm not, I don't think we have to keep Tobias Harris. I'm willing to, I mean, it depends on the price it's not my money I'm just saying like at this you know I want to keep Jimmy that's what I'm trying to say I want to make sure that the Sixers have the core of Jimmy Butler Joel Embiid Ben Simmons everyone else we can we can work on them we can interchange parts we can do what we gotta do but I want to make sure we have those three guys um JJ Redick I really do want JJ back I know he's getting older but J.J., and I, there's some games I've seen him and I was like, he just looks old. But J.J., we know what J.J. is going to give us. And I can live with what he gives us. I can live with that. I don't need, I don't need him to shoot the lights out, getting us 26 points a night. I just need him getting us 15, 17 points. Because I fully expect Ben Simmons to develop his game even more where he's scoring more than 17 points a game, and now he's getting this 21, 25 points a game. So I don't need Jaddy to score that many points. But I need jada to be available. Open up the offense more. So that's why it's so imperative that Ben Simmons actually develops this game and becomes more well-rounded. It's imperative that he does that. Imperative. But as far as where the Sixers go from here as a team, I mean, like Brett, they said, and also Brett Brown will be back, so... He will not be fired, at least for the time being. He's going to be the coach of this team. And I, I don't have a problem with what Brett Brown, how he coached this series. I thought that overall in the playoffs, I thought they did a pretty good job adjusting, you know, game to game or even in-game with some games. I thought he did a, a pretty good job. Um, Just came out on the losing end of this series. And, I, yeah, I get it. There were some things he could have done better. At the same time, no, I think he... I think overall he didn't coach a bad series at all. I think he did. I think he did some pretty good things, and I really just want, I just want, I want this team. You know, I want this team back to where I want them next year. I want them at least in the East Conference Finals. I want them there this year, and I know I was a big, I was a big, you know, big on saying like if Brett can't lead us to pass this round, he got to go. I can't get mad at him for losing the game the way they did last night. You know. Because they had a chance to win it, they had a chance to go to overtime. And hey, man, tough shot by a great player. So, so I, I didn't think Red Brown should be fired the last night either. I didn't. I didn't feel that way. And I'm I'm cool to I'm cool with him coming back. But he's got it. He's got a job at hand. He's got a task at hand. He's got to come through. Cannot, you know. Skate through this thing. Like he's gotta come in here with a mission and he's gotta get these get these guys on a roll. Get these guys on a roll, man. Come on, Brett. Like I saw him grow. I saw him grow this year, but I need him to grow more. And I can live with him being a coach for right now. For right now. I'm not saying that I want him to I think he's gonna be a coach here forever and gonna take us into the final. I'm not saying that. I right now. At this juncture, I can live with him being the coach. And also, but I don't want that to cost us not being able to re-sign Jimmy. I need Jimmy Butler here next year. I need Jimmy, Joe, and Ben here. I need those three here, and we can go wherever we need to go with those three. So, the team the team does, like I said, they, I think they do have... I'm optimistic about the. I can't promise that they'll get to the next round next year, but I'm optimistic about it. You know, because the East is going to look different. I don't know if Kawhi. I think I think Kawhi comes back to Toronto, but people don't think he'll be back in Toronto. Kawhi definitely isn't going to be back in Boston. He's done. He. I. I saw the look on his face after they lost that series to Milwaukee. He was done. He was. That was it. It was over. It was over. So. You know, Boston, I you know, I can't worry about it. I can't worry about nobody else. I can only really worry about the Sixers right now. I just think the East will look a little different next year. That's all. They'll look a little different. But it's, it's. Brett's going to have a tough task at hand to get these guys in shape, get these guys, put them to work, and accomplish the goal in hand. It's got a tough task, man, but you got to get it done. That's how I look at it. So you get, for me, you get a one-year extension to make this work. That's how I feel. A one year extension. I'll give you next year, but that's so you get. You get next year to make it work. But the, the future is bright. So we'll see. We'll see though. A lot of questions remain unanswered because, you know, we're not it didn't have free agency yet. So we'll see how things go. And of course, whenever things have, start to happen, I'll be jumping on this mic to record. Um, I'm going to take another break. I'm going to come back. I'm gonna answer some questions. And I think I'll wrap up the podcast with the next um, segment. So I've been having, this is this has been good for me, guys. I hope it's been good for you, too, to just listen to this because it's been therapeutic. So thank you guys for tuning in. This is Don Blues here with the Philly Sports 444 Podcast, and I'll be back in a moment. Welcome back everybody, Philly Sports, 4, for Four Podcast, I'm your host Don Lewis. So thank you guys for tuning in, I, I, you listen to me ramble all night, and I want to get into some questions now I have about the Sixers, about your Philadelphia 76ers. So the first question I got was from my sister Tanisha, and I appreciate her for even asking about, asking me these questions. It was, we have a pretty important, like a pretty like, you know, good back and forth the other night, and yeah, it's a good conversation, so her first question was um, She wanted to know if Ben Simmons and Joel B can coexist. Yes. The short answer to that is yes. And I'll tell you why. They already have coexisted because before Jimmy Butler got here, before we traded away Covington and Sarich and all of those guys, Joel B and Ben Simmons did coexist. Um, but it is a matter of the development of their game and their chemistry together. Ben Simmons does have to develop that jumper and make smarter basketball plays as a point guard or point forward or whatever you want to call him. As a primary ball handler, he has to make smarter decisions. And it really is based on the development of his jumper and his mid-range game that will allow Joel Embiid to be inside and dominate inside. And then when Joel Embiid's the inside, Ben Simmons can actually play inside. I mean, but Joel, Ben Simmons is a blessing because he can play inside and he actually does have post moves and stuff. He's more of a four than anything, but he has to develop his actual point guard skills. And if he can develop those, I think they'll actually be able to blossom together. But to answer the short the question short shortly, yes, they can, they can, they can coexist. They can play together, whether it's attitude, whether it's playing style, whatever they can coexist. They already have. It's just a matter of the development of both of their games. Actually, and they, they had to develop even a better chemistry with each other. That's what I think. So the second question is, <laughs> is Ben Simmons really a center? Because she saw this from the article uh, in the Ringer. Ben Simmons is not a center. Ben Simmons is a four. He's not a center. He probably played center in high school, but he is not a center. He is a four. He's a point forward Um, because he's good with the ball in his hand. He needs the ball in his hands to actually be at his best. But Ben Simmons... Is more of a, of a four. He's not a stretch four. More of a, uh, a point forward. Or you know that kind of four. Um, and he's developing into a point guard. But he is not a center. I don't think so anyway. Now if it came down to it. Could he play center? Yes. But you have to also understand that. The centers in this league are not small. Like he would have to be going against someone like Marcus Saw every night. You know what I mean. Even though Mark, I've been saying that Marcus saw is 72 years old. But he had to go get somebody like that, or he had to go get someone like um, um, I hate to use his name, but Hassan Whiteside, or he had to go get someone like uh, Al Horford, or um, who who other nameless centers? Oh, like the Joker. So he wouldn't he wouldn't be a good matchup against those kind of guys. You know what I mean? That's what, or Boogie Cousins. He was not a good matchup against those kind of guys. That's why Ben is more so of a four. And even though Anthony Davis plays the four, technically, he's a center. So, like, he, it's not a good matchup for Ben Simmons. So, Ben Simmons is not a center. He is a four. Third question. Who's more valuable to the process? Um, first of all, let me say that I hate the process. Um, but is who's more valuable to the process? I would say, right now, Joel Embiid. Because Joel Embiid is is the MVP candidate out of the process so far. Ben Simmons is coming, but Ben Simmons is not there yet. He has a lot of he has a lot of developing that is going in his game. Eventually, I think it, the more more important cog of the process would be Ben Simmons eventually. Right now it's not. Right now it is Joel Embiid because of, Joel Embiid has developed his game more and de- Joel Embiid um, is he's on the brink up being an MVP candidate. Like earlier this year he was an MVP candidate. So I think it's Joel Embiid. I think he's more valuable to the process right now. But I think that the term process, I, I guess I'm tired of it because um, now the needs need to win. They're in win mode. Like they're not, they're, long, they're, long, they're no longer processing. As a, you know, and what I mean by that is like, you know, um, developing the team, developing, developing. No, they're actually trying to win now. So that's why I get tired of that term process. The fourth question Jimmy Buckets and Tobias Harris, um, where do they fit in in the future schemes if they stay? Well, I think Jimmy, I think to answer your question, I think you've seen it with Jimmy right now. Um, Jimmy, him being the actual closer of this team. um, You can count on Jimmy to get you a timely bucket. You can count on Jimmy to get you to the foul line. You can count on Jimmy to actually handle the rock, you know, when Ben Simmons can't. You can put the rock in his hands and run the offense through Jimmy. So I think that's where Jimmy Butler, um, that's where you see, that's where he benefits, or that's where he fits into the scheme right now. Tobias Harris is, um, he's a three, and he's a he's a spot up type of shooter. So you can depend on him to get you a bucket, a timely bucket. You can run plays through him. You can run actual some. You can run pick and roll stuff through him actually, as opposed to dribble handoffs. You can run some dribble handoffs through him too, but pick and roll stuff you probably be a little bit better running through him. Um, because he's actually such a good shooter, you don't need him to shoot threes. I mean, it's good that he does shoot threes, but you just need him to play his game, his mid-range game. Um, get your timey buckets when you need to. Uh, I think that he's a a good cog, but I don't even know if he stays. To be honest with you, uh, it really depends on the money. To be honest, it depends on. I know he wants max money, but are the Sixers willing to pay him max money? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So we have to stay tuned for that. Um, see, did you ask another question, Ish? Uh, okay, you also asked about the coaching situation. I'm glad you asked this question. Um, who's the next? Who's the, who's the coach that the Sixers need to reach the next level? It's a great question. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for it. See, and the reason I say this is because I got into arguments all day about the coach. Like you can look at my Twitter feed and the coaches issues all day about Brett Brown not being the guy, he should be fired, that kind of thing. And my my colleague, Ernest Drummond, shout out to 215 Sports again, shout out to Sports Whiskey and Earn. Earn does not like Brett Brown. Not as a person, but he doesn't like him as a coach, he doesn't think he's a good coach. Okay, fine. My question to Earn always is, okay, Earn, if you don't want Brett Brown, who do you want as the coach? Tell me right now who you want. His top answer is Jay Wright. He wants Jay Wright. Jay Wright's not coming here, okay? Jay Wright, he's making like eighty million dollars at uh, Nova. He got all the money that he wants there. He got he can he got he has a program that he wants. It's a lifetime job there. He doesn't have to do anything out of the ordinary. It's a comfort zone there. Jay Wright's not coming to the Sixers, okay? His next thing was Mark Jackson. I, I don't trust Mark Jackson for some reason. I think the big issue with Mark Jackson that I don't trust is that no one else is taking a stab at Mark Jackson right now. No one else is even interviewing Mark Jackson right now. So, I can't depend on Mark Jackson. Um, I, I And I don't see him getting us to the next level. I don't see him actually putting his team over the hump. Because, yeah, look at it. He had, we're going to say he had Draymond, Steph, and Clay, And he got into the second round and he lost to the Spurs. He's not a bum coach, but I don't trust him to get us over the hump. Good defensive coach, though. I will say that. And he could help Ben Simmons, which is key. I just don't know if, if that offense that he runs could get us over the hump. You see what happened when they fired Mark Jackson and they hired Steve Kerr? they kept the same defensive intensity because of what they were taught by Mark Jackson, but they ran a completely different offense. And that was, that allowed Steph Curry to flourish and win championships and win MVPs. So I can't trust Mark Jackson being the coach. Jeff Van Gundy, he's absolutely washed. And I would never ever consider him to be a coach ever for any team in the NBA. If you want to be matter of fact, him and his brother, they're both washed. Neither one of them should coach the NBA again. Honestly, because there's too many other coaches or coaches want to come up where they shouldn't get chances to coach again. They could be on someone's staff if they're willing to do that, but they're not willing to do that because they've been head coaches already. So, no. Stefan Gundy, Stan Van Gundy, Jeff Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy, excuse me, I had his name wrong. Jeff Van Gundy, Stan Van Gundy, I mixed their names up, I put them together. Neither one of them should be coaching the NBA ever again. Um... Someone said Tom Thibodeau earlier. Tom Thibodeau, good defensive coach. I'm not trying to recreate the Bulls here, the baby Bulls or that Bulls scene that Tom Thibodeau had with Derrick Rose. I'm not trying to recreate that team. I'm not. So no, no. Good. Tom Thibodeau is a great coach. I don't want people to get that misconstrued. I think he's a really good coach. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. No, I'm not. And I don't think that that takes you to the next level either. I think it gets you so far. I think there's there's no one there's no blockbuster there's no blockbuster coach you can get right now that can actually get you to the next level. There's no one right now. There's no coach right now. So that's a short answer to your question. There's no coach right now that you got you kinda of have to stick with Brett, honestly. And I know people probably don't want to hear that, but at this juncture you, you have to stick you kind of have to stick with Brett like you kind of just have to ride it out with him you got to let him let him let him tweak his offense and sh- I'm not I'm not taking credit for saying this cuz the first time I heard this was from Anthony Organa so shout out to shout out to Cuz he had to tweak that offense yes i think he also just needs time to actually and this is me saying this too um not just cuz i think Cuz has said it before but this is this is what i actually think I think he just needs time to coach these these, these five up. Like, he only coached the, the starting line that he had for like 20 games. He needs actually a full season with those guys that actually coached him up. He went through three different versions of the Sixers this past year. So, I can't get on him so, but so much. I really can't. Now, my man Earn, he wants to get on, learn about his scheme is stupid. You know, they turn the ball over too much. They lack fundamentals. and that and forth. <sighs> I can't. I, I'm not going to do that. Not going to do that. And I don't. I disagree with a lot of those things. But um, I think all in all, there's no coach right now that's going to, you know, make the team pop, put it all together right. Not, there's not no one right now. Not right now. Um, I think eventually there probably will be someone out there. But uh, all in all, not right now. Like the Lakers just hired Frank Vogel. Like, there's no one out there. Trust me, there's no one out there. There's no one out there that can actually get you, like, to. There's no, like, Steve Curry's type of coach out there right now that can get you over that hump. They were considering hiring Mike Woodson out there in LA. Like, there's no, like, there's no Doc Rivers type out there. There's no Doc Rivers type, no Steve Curry type. There's none of those kind of coaches out there right now. That can get you, there's no Quinn Snyder types. Like Boldenhoser and those Greg Popovich types, none of that out there. There's no no Brad Stevens types. There's no one out there right now that can actually get you over. There's no starry hire that can get you over that hump the way you want them to, like or that's proven that can get you over the hump right now. Right now, you just kind of kind of stick with Brett and let Brett rock out and do his thing. I think that's what it comes down to. So sorry for being so long-winded with that question, niche, but that's what I that's what I think. Um. Yeah, I'm just trying, I'm just checking to see if you have any other questions. Uh, yeah, we talked about. Uh... Oh, and another thing she she talked about um she talked about uh Jared Dully becoming an analyst like that, jo- that Joel B made him a star. He really like the thing is that Jared Dudley with that whole thing that he was doing in that that uh, that Nets Sixer series he was trying to get on as an analyst though. So he was pushing for that anyway like he knew that series was going to be over and he knew that you know he knew they weren't going to the second round so he was trying to secure a and trying to listen I'm not knocking the man's hustle he's on the last leg of his career hey I'm trying to make a way for the post career I get it I ain't even mad at the guy do you think man Not upset. Joel B didn't necessarily make him a star, but that gave him the gateway in order to. Joel B and Ben Simmons didn't make him a star, but that gave him the gateway in order to to put his foot in the door to become a pseudo analyst. So I I respect that, I guess. Um, That's really all I have for now. I mean, I think, you know, I talked about the Sixers and I talked about Game 7 enough. The Sixers going forward. I mean, there's really no important Eagles news to report right now. Uh, I will say they got Stefan Wisniewski back just so some old line depth there and they signed some quarterback that I don't care about Cody Kessler at this um, I don't care I don't care right now I'm not talking about the Eagles until they get the OTAs mini camp and training camp I don't care about anything they do right now because um, nothing is pressing the Phillies they keep on winning games they won a game tonight against Milwaukee it was a good it was a good win but and they're still in first place in the NL East and that's cool But I think we're still raw from the Sixers and I can't really process any other sport right now. Uh, I'll be continuing to watch the playoffs and I'll talk about the the conference finals, I guess, on my next podcast or the finals, whatever comes up, you know, whatever. Um, Right now, it's going to be um, the Blazers and the Warriors and I'm taking the Warriors in six games and it's going to be Toronto and Milwaukee. I'm taking Milwaukee in five games. I think Giannis gets Kawhi right out of here. Like, I think Kawhi's on a... I think... I'm sorry. I think Giannis is on a mission. He gets Kawhi right out of here in five games. I think they spent all their energy a lot on... The, I certainly, Excuse me. I think they spent all their energy on the Sixers. and I, I just don't think that they, they're going to ramp it up for another seven-game series with Milwaukee. I think they get out of here in five games. So, I'm taking Milwaukee in and, and the Warriors in the finals and the Warriors winning another title. They'll probably win it in six games against Milwaukee. But, um, Yeah. That's where we're going with right now. <sighs> That'll do it for this episode of the podcast. Um man, let me just thank you guys for all your support for tuning in, for following me, for tweeting at me, all of that stuff. I appreciate it. I don't really have any short shout-outs tonight as far as the, uh, the you know any kind of small businesses or anything like that. I apologize, I just don't. I today I just need to process the 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 Sixers. And you know. the I needed to mourn this loss. That's how I'm feeling right now. And I don't. I don't listen. I'm not trying to disrespect any, any of the dead. Or anything like that. It's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that. I just. I needed to just. Process this. I needed to. Because I just. It's tough loss. It really is. So I thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. As always. You can follow me on Twitter in Instagram and Facebook at 444podcasts F-O-U-R F-O-R the number 4 podcast you can subscribe to the podcast on Spotify Anchor iTunes Google Play um, if you don't if you want to email me any questions you can email us 444 podcast at gmail.com I'm always taking emails I'm taking tweets messages on Facebook all of that stuff I appreciate you guys for tuning in I appreciate you guys for supporting me Thank you guys so much. Um, keep tuning in. Keep listening. Keep Tell a friend to tell a friend about the podcast. Please just listen. Give me a listen. I appreciate you guys. Um, and I'll be sure to shout you. If you have a business, if you have you know, something going on, an event, let me know in advance. I'll shout you out on the podcast. I'll shout out your event. I'll shout at your business. It doesn't matter. All right. So that'll do it for this episode. And until next time, peace.